Hey, what's up, everybody? Chris Hollifield here. I want to personally welcome you to a brand new episode of the I Am Salt Lake podcast. If this is your first time joining us on the podcast, we're here every week showcasing awesome people in Salt Lake City and the surrounding areas. We're talking to business owners, authors, tattoo artists, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries. We're giving you a taste of the city. If you have an awesome story, we're going to probably showcase it here on the podcast. Our website, this one's really easy to remember, IamSaltLake.com. The cool thing is you can go there and listen to the entire back catalog. All the episodes are up there. You can listen to them really easy to do as well as subscribe to the podcast. Hey, are you moving to Salt Lake City? Maybe you're listening to this podcast because you want to figure out what this city's all about. Are you looking at possibly moving into a house with a little more space in it because we're all working from home now? Well, in case you didn't know, you guys, I'm a licensed realtor now, and I'd love to uh, show you some homes. I'd love to show you uh, possibly your dream home, help you find a place to call your own. Uh, You can give me a call, shoot me a text anytime. I'd love to help you, 801-244-2908. But otherwise, let's get into the podcast. This This is a good one, you guys. Thanks for listening. What is your role with Preservation Utah? Let's start there, actually. Yeah, so I'm the associate director. And we are a small team, so we have four of us um, that are full-time. And in my position, I I mean, with any nonprofit, you're doing a little bit of everything. But I manage our historic properties program. So we have a revolving loan fund. We have an easement program. Um, basically, any of like the workshops or things when you think of practical preservation, um, those are kind of the, the programs that I oversee. But on any given day, it could be, you know answering emails, putting out fires, um, all of, all of the above. So, so what is preservation Utah then? I mean, isn't basically that's your job is what preservation Utah is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we are a historic preservation nonprofit, um, and we serve the whole state and we're actually the oldest in the West. So West of the Mississippi. So we were founded in, um, 1966. So we had our 55 year old birthday today or today this year. And, um, yeah, so we, focus on education, advocacy, and practical preservation tools. Um, So, you know, some people, I think when you think of preservation, a lot of people think, oh, like that Victorian mansion on the hill. And, you know, traditionally that might have been what preservation was and, you know, how these organizations were formed. If you think of a lot of like the origin stories, you know, are very deep in Utah and in Salt Lake. Um, And that certainly helped with our genesis, but um, preservation is, I would argue about sustainability. You know, it's about looking at how we can keep the built environment and, you know, remember our past and our heritage, see where we've come from, um, but also, you know, protect these spaces. And sometimes they're beautiful mansions on the hill. Um, sometimes they're just, you know, a little brick and mortar shop that might have like an old record store in it or something and everything in between. So, um, yeah, uh, what our organization really does is, is try to educate the public and, and help them know what's going on, whether it's what it might be policy, it might be a specific building, but it also might be, you know, you're a homeowner and you don't know what the heck to do with your wooden windows and how to, to fix those up. Um, we are dispelling the myths of, historic windows one one house at a time um that's interesting yeah yeah because every like when you buy a house everybody looks at the windows yeah like oh they're old windows nope 
So like, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm super fascinated. Yes. So I would say one of the biggest myths out there is that, um, if you have like wooden windows, that those are a huge issue for insulation and for energy loss. And while it can account for it, I believe I just read the stat on this. It actually only accounts for like 20% of energy loss. It's like chimneys and doors, um, and other areas of your home that are actually getting, that's where the air is going out. So this idea is what you hear in the window business is, uh, uh, especially with vinyl windows, is that if you just replace it, it's going to be super energy efficient. It's way better. But what's great about uh, wooden windows and historic windows is that they were meant to be repaired and replaced. So you have a window that is essentially all materials that can be that are organic. You know, wood. It just From decomposes. The earth to yeah, the earth, exactly, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, versus vinyl windows, where their lifespan is only maybe twenty years, and so the idea that it's this super energy efficient mechanism to, to help you, if you break down the costs, it's actually way more expensive because you're never going to get. You know, if it's only 20 years and you have to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars to replace it every 20 years, you know, it's just not not as good. And it's not going to last 100. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's great because you can, you know, fix an individual part of the window. So if you think right. of like historic windows, they're a little bit more interesting. And, you know, maybe there's 20 panes of glass, which could be uh, a pain to fix. But um, <laughs> that's the best pun in the world. Thank you. Continue. I do what I can. I do what I can. Um, but, you know, you can fix an individual pain. You don't have to fix the entire window. Whereas like I live in a historic, you know, duplex right now and all the windows have been replaced. And me and my my landlord were just joking because, you know, there's a crack in the window and she's got to replace this whole huge window. So I'm just going to have this crack in my window for a while, which if it was, you know, if they were the original windows, we could just swap out the pane of glass and it would be fine. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's tools like that. We try and connect people to understand, like there might be a different way. It might be a little bit longer. It might not be as commercially recognized. Um, but just because it's historic doesn't mean it has to be scary and, and also it doesn't have to be expensive sometimes. Yeah. Too. I love this. It's almost like the, uh, the rebirth that we're seeing of local farming, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like that just back to the basics. Yeah. We did things that worked back then because they worked and like kind of, uh, reducing the industrial revolution, Yeah, which is it. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's one element I love about, you know, older structures is you have the character, you know, there's just things you cannot find in in a in in new builds but yeah they were they were really built to last and to to maybe go with a family or or you know be passed on and you know so thinking of yourself as a caretaker for for it versus necessarily replacing it's someone who's using it up and throwing it away yeah 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 yeah. yeah. it's more of you know you're a steward to that place and um hopefully you can steward it on to to the next owner to your kids or you know whoever it may be but yeah it's it's more of small fixes and small changes versus drastic change to to you know get a new house or get a new business or whatever um but that's one element i think of with historic preservation is small change but lasting impacts so now did i even ask you how did you get connected with preservation utah to even start working there 
How did yeah. that happen for you? Well, that is a bit of a tale. So yeah. well, we I, got all day. <laughs> um, or the short version, whatever's yes, easier. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, I was living abroad in, uh-huh. in Berlin, Germany, and I went over there for, for grad school because it is free over there. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I was just wanting to get into the field of, um, in in the United States, it's called historic preservation. Yeah. Kind of elsewhere in the world, it's more just heritage or um, cultural heritage. And yeah, it was, I, I wanted to get involved with community and really be a part of a place. Um, so when the job was posted and it was just stoked to to be able to apply and and come out here because i'm i'm from the midwest originally so <gasps> what part i'm from illinois okay. oh yeah. what part uh north central it's called mendota if you've oh, like of north it. of chicago-ish uh so further north central so what do you know where Left um, of Chicago. rockford is it's like south of Rockford. yes okay i'm yes. from wisconsin <gasps> okay. so i still love you yes yes <laughs> i love the cheese but, curds you know and hey yeah. i mean they're they not got a squeak. bad they got a squeak they so. sure do. squeaky cheese <laughs> yes she knows you know <laughs> wisconsin does have some good cheese we, chrissy and i yeah, went we out do. there when we first started when we first got together she took me out to wisconsin yeah Cheese everywhere. Never in my life have I seen so much cheese. There's like a tiny cheese factory, air quotes, in every town. Like yeah. a little house where someone makes cheese and sells it. It's awesome. Okay. Anyway. We're supposed to be talking have to about- have a Midwest aside. Yeah. Yeah. You really do, because yeah. it's super the best. It is true. It's true. So what do you think of all the buildings that are getting torn down right now in Salt Lake City? I yeah. mean, Salt Lake City, we're ripping out all these old buildings and putting apartment buildings into them. Or, yeah. or you know, what What's what are your thoughts there? Yeah, it's, I mean, well, job security, I guess for me, but it's, it's troubling. It's scary. I mean, development, I think that's also a big misconception with preservationists you hear like oh they just want to keep these old fancy buildings and and they don't like change and what we would try and argue is that it's really important to keep the housing stock and the existing structures that we have because that's what we call naturally occurring affordable housing so if you think about it you know there's a huge housing crisis right now of affordable housing not just in utah all over yeah exactly exactly and what happens is you know places are torn down they're built up with these like luxury apartments which you know what does luxury apartments even mean ugly yeah i mean they're pretty too but you know compared to the beauty i'm sorry i'm biased the beautiful old brick buildings Mm -hmm. to me will always be the best yeah well and, and and i would say you know some are you can tell are not great and others have a little bit more thought into them. But what happens is it it just raises the prices of everything. Mm -hmm. And so you're just creating um, more of this good, um, but not actually giving options for people who just need, you know, normal rents Um, and, and different types, you know, what's being built now is very similar. It's a lot of studios and one bedrooms. And so there's, if you look at historic apartment buildings, there's great like family, you know, multi, you know, room types of units. And so there's that element from the housing side of things, but then also it's really important from the business as well, um, like legacy businesses. So if you think 15 plus year businesses, in some cases, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, you know, they, if they don't own that building and that gets taken away, the rent is just unattainable. If you think of um, Ken's, you know, used book, uh, he's been talking about this for years that he's, 
not going to be able to be the, in the downtown area anymore just because it's just it, too it's, expensive. Yeah, there's no no way you can afford that. So, I mean, development is it brings in tax revenue. It brings in a lot of exciting things. And so by no means is it we can't have new buildings. We can't have new things. But it's just being thoughtful about it of how can we keep um, spaces, you know, that that are going to keep what makes Salt Lake City. And, and this is across the country, too, but makes the community the community, because if we lose that, you know, we kind of lose a part of, you know, the soul of the place and the 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 culture of the place as well. So it's the built environment, you know, impacts the types of people that have been there and, you know, what kinds of businesses go in and and, and can shape the cultural dialogue that's happening as well. I love that because it's like you're per- preserving preserving culture, but in a way that is more museum-esque instead mm-hmm. of living within it. Yeah. Which is super important for us to always be able to see like what what came before us and what we've learned from then to me that's very important so it's like yeah super awesome that people like you were doing this yeah yeah I would completely agree I think it's I mean it's it's important for us to recognize places we lost as well and you know if we look at Salt Lake the places that remain are a lot of them are wealthier places you know it's the well-established communities and so if we look at under, you know, historically excluded and underrepresented communities, a lot of their built environment is gone. And, and, and so I think it's being a little bit more thoughtful about that. And I don't know if passionate or, or uh, assertive now to make sure we don't lose what we have or, you know, that, that we don't lose what we have now because you can't get it back once it's gone, it's gone. So for sure. All right, we're going to take just a minute of your time now and talk about one of our awesome sponsors, utahmarijuana.org. I love talking about them, but remember, when you support our sponsors like utahmarijuana.org, you're directly supporting this podcast. And your health. And your health. Hey, utahmarijuana.org is your number one spot for all things medical marijuana, medical cannabis, CBD, and THC. I don't know if you guys remember way back on episode 420, we had Tim Pickett on the podcast. We talked about medical cannabis here in Utah. We talked about utahmarijuana.org. Well, now he's a sponsor of the podcast. Anyways, utahmarijuana.org's team of medical cannabis experts, they're going to make getting your medical cannabis card super easy from your first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond. It is so true, you guys. They are the most helpful medically I have ever been. You know how you want to go to the doctor and you're like, I don't even know what doctor to go to or what to say. These guys are incredible. They have over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers ready to help you find relief. So you won't have to search for a doctor willing to recommend cannabis treatment. The patient experience at utahmarijuana.org is dedicated to helping you get all the way through the process so you can get your medicine legally and stay up to date. And right now, they're offering an exclusive discount to I Am Salt Lake listeners. Just use the code GREEN25 for $25 off your first visit. I did. It was great. And depending on where you're located in the Valley, they have a clinic location just for you. Go to utahmarijuana.org. Check it out. They're going to list it right there. They have uh, location clinics from like Provo to Bountiful to Salt Lake, West Valley. Uh, Go check it out. And like Chrissy said, there's a promo code. Green 25, this is going to give you $25 off your first visit. And it's also going to tell them that you came from I Am Salt Lake and that you're a supporter of this show and that you're down to support this show. And you're down for uh, medical cannabis. So anyways. Down for your health. Hey, isn't it time that you took control of your own health? 
utahmarijuana.org. Feel better. So what makes you guys decide to save a building? You know what I mean? Like you, you were saying, you know, you were, we were talking about Ken Sanders books and, and you know, uh, how he worries about sticking around downtown and the new buildings coming in. Yeah. They're a great thing. I mean, they're tearing down the apartment we used to live in. Yeah. I, we, I used to live in the La France built the apartments, you know, those, yeah. those really cool white apartments and a Broadway. They're so cool. Um, what makes you guys fight for some buildings and not some buildings? Yeah. Well, I would say it's not that we're never, or it's not that we wouldn't fight for a building. Um, we try and work through the public process because okay. that is um, the tools that we have, sure, right? Sure. Um, you know, we've been around for 55 years and that's because we've tried to make relationships with, you know, whether it's government officials, grassroots organizations, you know, whatever the like may be. But so, you know, we try and go through the channels that the cities are going to be going through, you know, and the developers have to go through as well. Um, so that can limit some things and, you know, we're a small staff as well. There's four, four of us, but realistically two of us do the more advocacy type of work, um, for the whole state. So we try and connect people with resources. Um, I'd say that's one of our big tools is how can we connect you to the people in your community that are going to be able to help you access maybe funding or access that platform that you need. And we're just connect, you know, sometimes the public just doesn't know where to go. It's like, oh yeah, the meeting's first Thursday of the month or, you know, whatever that avenue is. But yeah, it's, I would say places that have a story that are, you know, important, you know, what is the significance of that place? Um, is it a place that's, you know, perfectly protected? Sometimes there, so there's a big term in historic preservation called nimbyism, which is not in my backyard. Okay. And the idea of that is, um, and a critique of, of pre- historic preservation has been, you know, oh, well, we're making this nice place and we don't want that in our backyard. You know, like we don't want that shelter in our backyard or we don't want this in our backyard. And we are not of that mindset at all. We want to, you know, preserve these great spaces, but also, help people understand again, getting back to that theme, there's the mansion on the Hill. Um, but there's also that cute little bungalow or that, you know, really tiny house on the corner or that historic apartment or, or whatever, and connecting you to who can help you, you know, whether it's buy it, it's advocate for resources to save it, it whether to get just the advertising that you need out there. Cause a lot of times people just don't know, honestly, yeah. I would say that's, um, a big thing. And, Policy is huge. Um, so a very, very, very big misconception is if it's on the national register. So a lot of people are like, oh, this is if you're not familiar in the United States, we have the National Register of Historic Places. And so those are like the plaques that you see in a building. Like the downtown plaques yeah. that you can read a little bit about. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah it's like I'm fancy is kind of what it says. Yeah. And, I'm special. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> and what? So what? being on the national register does is recognizes that that place is important. So it can be architecturally, it's, you know, magnificent or um, maybe a really important person to Salt Lake lived there. So there's a variety of reasons why it can be listed, but people think that if it's listed, it's protected. And that's not true at all. All it does is 
recognize its importance. So to protect a building like in Salt Lake, you have to be locally listed. So we have a local um, landmark list. And so if you're on that list, then it's very, very, very hard to like tear a building down. And so it's really, yeah, educating people on those tools because there are tools that can help physically protect places, but sometimes there's just miscommunication around how that works. Um, so I would say we try not to say no, we, we don't want to, to save that that place. But um, yeah, if it's something that's well resourced already, then we might say you're doing great. There's yeah. nothing more we can really add to to that or or the people that are if that nimbyism, you know, idea of, you know, we don't we don't want to restrict access to affordable housing or public transit or, or all those amazing things. So I think those are kind of the things that we look at if, when people approach us. Interesting. Yeah. I always thought those homes were protected, you know, with the plaques. I did too. Honestly, I was like, if there's a plaque, it means you're safe. I I had no idea. It's cool though. I mean, I always wanted to live in one of those homes. I don't know. Maybe I did actually, you know, I've lived in so many older homes and like the avenues through the years and stuff like that. I'm sure some of them have been. Some of them now probably. Yeah. 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 I want to find out about this because I found it so interesting. This was the first time I've even heard about it when I knew you you were going to come in here and record with me. I was like, okay, I'll go check out the website a little bit more. And on preservationutah.org talks about these low interest loans. Mm -hmm. Talk about that for a little bit, exactly uh, what it is and and what you offer and all that. Yeah. So we offer low interest loans for historic properties. And that's another, I guess, myth I can bust is when people hear historic, they're like, oh, that means, you know, 1910 or something. But the general rule for most historic programs and and anything at the national level is, is 50 years. So if you count back, that's like, you know, what, that's 72? That long <laughs> yeah, yeah, ago. Wait, exactly. 70, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. was born in the 70s. That's hard to, that's getting scary I that that was so 50 years right ago. Now. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, and so shifting the idea of what it means to be historic is, mm-hmm. is another thing I think we need on a, on a cultural level. But so we offer these uh, lowest, low interest loans, excuse me. So they're for properties that are 50 years or older. And it's basically how I would explain it is to help make sure historic structures stay standing. So it doesn't have to be, um, it can be residential, it could be commercial. There's no restriction on that, but it's, it's not going to help you buy a house. It's not going to get you a brand new bathroom, but what it's going to do is help with the facade. So if say the bricks are crumbling, you know, the big earthquake that happened, how can we help you make sure your building is stable? Is the wiring bad is, you know, with historic buildings, you have a lot of like code issues or just, you know, stuff is wonky and it it gives it that character, but also sometimes building has changed yeah, yeah. over the years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's just trying to make sure that those historic structures remain standing and and can be in good condition. And so the actual way the loan works is it's half the prime in- interest rate. So right now I think it's three percent is the prime rate. So it's a one point five interest rate loan, wow. which is yeah pretty good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, Want to buy an old house? <laughs> Actually, I probably would. Oh my gosh, I do. Yeah, and it, me, you know, I'd like well, to, yeah. Just because I like old houses. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, and we, the, the loans go throughout the state. Um, I will put a plug in there. We have a big fund in the Granary District. So, if you are in the Granary District and have a historic property, reach out to I me. I love that little yeah. area there. Yeah, it's downtown. Yeah. yeah. 
How interesting. What about some of these other, uh, like there's a take a tour, which I I didn't even know these existed here. Yeah. And here I am, Mr. Salt Lake, right? <laughs> I mean, you got you got uh, this like Allen Park walking tour, a Magna Main Street walking tour. I mean, all these different walking tours. I, I haven't even listened to them. Who, who recorded them? Like, how, who do you, do, were you part of any of that? Yeah. Well, so we have a wide range of tours. Um, uh-huh. We have in the summer, so late spring to early fall, I guess, is more Oh, realistic. these are guided tours. Yeah. My bad. I thought these were the walking. But Well, the, we have the, both. We have okay, both. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. So we have in the in the warmer months, we do guided walking yeah. tours. And we, we vary those each year. So, um, yeah, like we did Magna this last year, Ellen Park, which is a fun, fun, quirky place. Highly recommend. Going, it's a public park now, so you can go over it's there. Hobbitville. Yes. <gasps> yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah, they renamed. And there's it. like a I peacock s- and stuff. I yeah. can't believe I have not gone there yet. Yes. It's well, we have. I think our written one might might be up on the the website now. So yeah. So we have so or excuse me, we have docent led tours uh, by our wonderful volunteers who uh-huh. just love history and love telling people about you know whatever the topic may be, and then we have self guided tours as well. So especially during COVID, if you're still a little bit nervous about you know, being in groups or you just need some afternoon fun. We have a walking tour app. So if it's just Preservation Utah tours, or we have some more historic ones that, you know, from like 80s, 90s, up until I found, I sound like a radio station up until now. Yeah. Um, 80s, 90s, and yeah, today. There, yeah. there is so many, because <laughs> yeah. I just pulled this up. So this app, the Preservation Utah tours app via your smartphone or tablet, you got tours from, I mean, you got so, man, we got to we got to download this and, and oh, take some of these. I mean, yeah. the historic signs of this. Sugar House. You got the Marmalade uh, neighborhood, the Depot District. I mean, tons of them on here. Tons of them. This is awesome. Yeah, and you can walk around with it, or you know, if you have mobility issues or just want to do it from the comfort of your home, you have that as well. And there, it's throughout the state too. So there's a lot more in Salt Lake, but. If you haven't had the chance to go down further south, there's some tours down there as well. And, yeah, this is great. I mean, for people visiting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know a lot of people listen that don't live here. Mm-hmm. I mean, go download this app and, and check it out. I mean, uh, that was actually, when, when I started this podcast, that was something I wanted to create with some walking tours. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, years ago, I used to organize these Insta walks, these little Instagram photo walks in downtown, right? And uh, I always was like, I need to create these walking tours. and you guys, I mean, it's great. Somebody did it. Somebody cornered did it. the market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then let's see what else here is on the website. Uh, you got how-to guides. What are these how-to guides on the? Do you know anything about those? Or? Yeah. So we offer again, basically. Oh, that's if you're, yeah, uh, historic windows here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we have a preservation directory as well. So if you have an older home, um, and you're like, who can do help me with my historic windows, or I need, you know, a general contractor, or whatever, oh, really? um, we have people who we recommend in the states, and some are region-wise. But yeah, they can help you with your your historic property and get- it's like this old house, but local. Yeah, yeah, I love exactly. that. Yeah. How can listeners get involved? Like, what? I mean, chef, yeah, share with that. Yeah. You know. So, I mean, if you want to get involved with us on a day to day, definitely reach out. We, you know, like I said, we do tours. We do a lot of, um, if you're into history and research, you know, we are always looking for people to help out in that, in that regard. But on a day to day, I would say we were looking for folks to show up and talk to their, you know, elected officials to let them know that preservation is important to them in policy and, you know, in affordable housing, you know, there's a lot of power in the individual. We can, 
talk a lot about it. And we are kind of a more official representative at the state level, but having support from actual community members saying, yes, this is important is, is incredibly necessary for, for the survival, um, you know, of us as an organization, but just to make sure, you know, those officials know. We, we, we want to prove that yeah. a lot of people care. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. I mean, and, and the thing is we do what's, I mean, okay. For people like me who are really dumb mm-hmm. and you say, just show up and like talk to your representatives, what's kind of an easy thing for us to pay attention to, to know how to get involved. Is yeah. that a big question? Well, I mean, it depends where you're at. So in the, in the Salt Lake region, I would say, you know, ask who's running. So there's a few council districts that are up. Um, we actually did a, a survey and we put that out to all the council members. So you can see their replies on, on what they feel about historic preservation. And, you know, there was fun questions, serious questions in there. Um, but the types of meetings where preservation issues come up are going to be at like planning commissions um, and that's where you're seeing these big, you know, apartment buildings and other types of developments going up. And honestly, the commissioners love to hear from the public. They're, you can comment on all the different items on the agenda. Um, you can put in a uh, public comment before if you're not comfortable talking in front of a crowd. Um, but they sometimes they don't even think, you know, there's so much going on that you, you don't think about, oh, this is what a neighbor would think of this situation. And so really yeah. putting that voice to, to those thoughts, because a lot of people might have it, is, is incredibly important. So I would say showing up to, there's a landmark commission, a planning commission, and, you know, city council, those are the types of um, public forums. Just kind of being are, a voice and validation yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And a lot of times, like I said, you can show up in person and give a comment, but you can also do it via email. So hey, <laughs> if, you're, hey. if you're busy that night, uh, I know we all are or or whatever, just send him an email. Just start spamming emails, man. Yeah. I love it. That's the way to do it. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, nowadays, an email is so easy. So it's like, there's it's no true. excuses. Just get on your email. I mean, shoot, you can even just pull out your iPhone or something and yeah. Send an email Shoot that an way. Email. Right? I love yeah. it. But uh, what's been the most rewarding thing for you personally being involved with Preservation Utah? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, to me, it's just meeting the communities. It, there are so many people that care about, you know, their block or their neighborhood or, you know, whatever that community means to them. And, you know, it, I think again, a lot of times we think of more residential, but I've been really involved with the Granary District. And that's been so, so rewarding to see because you have all of these um, different stakeholders, their business owners, they, you know, maybe live in the area or nearby, um, nonprofits, and they're so committed to this district being an amazing place and keeping it, you know, gritty, but also, you know, getting innovative, uh, you know, businesses and spaces in there, um, you know, getting public transit to the, to the, to that area. And so that's been really rewarding to see this community come together in a space that right now it's starting, you know, it's kind of the up and coming, it's not quite there yet. Um, so I'll be excited to follow that along. That's, but it's just been refreshing to just see genuine people that are excited and care, care so deeply about a space. And they just want people to be thoughtful about how they approach it and how, you know, development happens there. That's so cool. And it looks like here too, when we were talking about how the public can get involved, it looks like you can become a member 
yes. of uh, Preservation Newtown. I mean, go to these meetings and get involved. Yeah, yeah. Is it pretty easy to become a member? Yes, it is. So we have a membership program. There's different levels depending on, you know, your ability and and what you would like to commit. But it's the lowest level is $25 for a student or if you consider yourself a senior. And then, yeah, levels that go up. And again, we have... There's discounts throughout the year. So we'll do, um, like we did a jazz in the park. We do, you know, historic lectures. So we did one on um, modernism on South Temple, things like that, that you get a discount or it's free for members. And then, yeah, we have an annual meeting, which is coming up uh, in about two weeks. So that is a way for you to give us your opinions, you know, hear what's going on and, and let us know, you know, in a more formal space. But of course, we always look at our email. So we're always happy to hear from our members and and they're just uh it's a great community i would say it's it's a way for you to get connected with other people who think historic preservation is fun and cool and exciting um and yeah we just try and share resources so again we do our advocacy and our education but if we know about something else that's going on maybe a state over or you know a little bit further south we try and give that information to our members so they know that they can get involved Maybe we should become members, Chrissy. We totally should. Yeah. I am on board. Seems I like love we this. Should. It seems like we should. You know, we always like to find out a little bit about the people we bring on uh, in about, you know, because we find out about what they do, but I like to always find out what makes them tick a little bit, you know, behind the scenes. What are some of your other hobbies and interests when you're not working with Preservation Utah? What are some other things that you enjoy doing? I am a big reader, so okay. love reading. What kind of books? History uh, books. I, I mean, imagine. you'd be shocked. Yeah, I <laughs> do enjoy a good history uh, history book, but uh, sometimes a graphic novel, you know. Uh, I'm really open. Equal right opportunity on, right for on. books. I am, I, the public libraries here are amazing, I think. And so they have a great, just, they always have the best section of like new reads or curated books. And then I'm like, I never, I never even go down because I just pick, I pick yeah. what they have up there. So that's always good. Yeah. What else? I, I just love exploring neighborhoods. And I think that, you know, kind of leads into my professional career as well, but I just love going on a walk and I don't know, seeing like quirky little buildings or all this. Like I love the little alleys and side streets of Salt Lake. Um, oh my gosh. That's like my favorite yeah. thing in the whole world. Even just taking slow drives down random neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the buildings here are incredible and you would never, they're just kind of yeah tucked away. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, so it's cool. such a car, you know, driven or car Facing friendly city. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's like when you get off, when you're just walking and, you know, you take those different paths, it's, it's great. I mean, like the avenues, I think is one that everyone thinks of, but mm-hmm. even like ballpark, I've been walking around the ballpark neighborhood more, which I think has a little bit, I don't know, isn't doesn't have as positive of a reputation, but there's just such cool little like working cottages that are there. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love it. So yeah, I'm, I'm always game for a walk. That's my thing. There's you so know. many houses out here that I call gingerbread houses, <laughs> but they're like the, the perfect little um, brick cottage. That's mm-hmm. just, Oh, I, the, and it's like the best thing in the world is to find one of those. There's actually a lot of them over here. I love yeah. driving around the West Side. Even people don't understand how many cool buildings there are on the West Side. Oh yeah, and 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 going back to our the fifty year historic. So there's a lot of neighborhoods on the West Side um, because the suburbs were a part of you know 
the migration out of the cities. There's a big, you know, there's a lot of history tied to it. So there's amazing yeah. architects that are out, you know, on the West side that people just don't even think of um, or don't even know about. And it's like, oh, there's gems all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there really why are, are. Why are houses like downtown dance so small? <laughs> <laughs> that just popped in my head. Cause I remember when we were looking for homes, everything's I noticed tiny. that every home yeah. Like yeah. in downtown is so tiny which surprises me because I always thought they were big, you know, Mormon families. I think back in the day, it was just normal for everyone to live in, in one room, in one space. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. And, and we've just changed the way that we work societally. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely part of it. And I think it depends on the neighborhood too. Um, you mm-hmm. have, I mean, you can clearly see areas that were more like blue collar versus white That's collar, true. you know, and yeah, yeah. But but I'm talking more like downtown, Liberty Park, ballpark area. We, we went house shopping there and yeah. and all of the houses were just too small to for our size. Of yeah. Family, I mean, I guess if sure. you get more into Sugar tough. House, you know, Yale, Harvard yeah. area, you know, the, those streets up there. I mean, you got a little bit bigger houses, older houses. I guess. A little yeah. bit bigger yeah. um price tag yeah 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 <laughs> they're beautiful don't get me wrong yeah. i would love to live there maybe one but maybe yeah. one well and, and that area too you have the 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 plots or the, like the lots are actually smaller too you know That's versus uh, you know in i guess more well not really the avenues central city maybe i'm thinking a bit more you have the more historic like true mm-hmm. salt lake city really you know. tight yeah tight plots yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Type plots, cool buildings. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we have a few standard Salt Lake City questions that we ask everybody that comes through here. So, of course, we have to ask you, Kelsey, family and friends come and visit us. Yeah. Or let's even think about when you first moved to, well, I guess not when you first moved here because you didn't know a whole <laughs> lot. But so now that you know a few things, where do you take people? Like they say, give me the tour. Mm. Do you have a few favorite areas, buildings? Uh, what? Where, where do you take people to? Yeah. Well, I love Ninth South. I like the whole strip of it. Yeah. So I think everyone, you know, Ninth and Ninth obviously is sure. adorable. There's lots of, you know, cute restaurants, coffee shops, but just cruising along it. Um, there's a great bus, always plugging public transit that will take you the whole route. But, um, you know, there's the Maven district that's a little bit further down that is the, it has the most like women owned businesses, uh, in, in Salt Lake. And so that's awesome, but you keep moving along and, um, I think it's like third and fourth West, but you get, there's, um, the ninth central market is this new kind of bodega over there. That's great. They do all sorts of local, um, food, but they do amazing like pizza and breakfast sandwiches. So mm-hmm. highly recommend. Um, but I just feel like you can't go wrong on Ninth South. I will plug my own office area. Um, so we're in Memorial House, which is in Memory Grove Park. And it's this beautiful park that's just on the east side of the Capitol. So it's like down the hill. And yeah, it's just this gorgeous park that is full of memorials to, to fallen soldiers. And it's an amazing place. It's beautiful. Um, and when you, I think a lot of people go in with their dog and, or, you know, they're just hanging out and having fun. Um, but when you actually go around and see the the markers and the spaces, there's so much history there too. So it's a, it's just, just beautiful place of community and history all in one. What about favorite local eating spots? Mm. One or two favorites. I'm sure you have a few of them. Yeah. Let's see. I do love Saffron Valley. Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I was in a previous job. I had to travel a lot to India. And so I got very 
snotty about my Indian food. And oh my gosh, they nail it there. They're it's pretty good. Just, yeah. I, it was the first time I've had it in a while that I was like, this, I feel like. And what, they're, a, they're right in the lower avenues there, right? Right by, they have a couple of locations. locations. Sure, I Cause I was going to yeah. say, I used to live right there across, yeah, almost across yeah. the street from them. I know, oh, yeah. I know yeah. I used Years to eat ago. there with work people yeah. down, down South. Yeah. More, so there's definitely yeah. a location down South. Yes. They've, I mean, clearly it's a good Very thing. Good. So they're all over the place. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that definitely would recommend. Um, I also enjoy freshies, which okay. is also on ninth South. Um, and yeah, you know, it's not, I, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, I'm sure it'll be good, but it was really good. And you're <laughs> and like, so, oh, it's actually yeah, good. They, was it fresh? <laughs> it was, yeah. And I feel like they need all the love because, uh, like, lobster prices are wild right now. They keep fluctuating, like, day to day. So you should go out and support them because they're delicious. And, yeah. they can. There you go, Chrissy. Yeah. You I'm wanted, on board. You wanted a date. There you go. We'll have to go to <laughs> and fresh. lobster. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yum, yum. What about, would you change anything about Salt Lake City if you could? And I know that's kind of a big question, yeah, yeah. but I mean, it could be as big or as small as you would want to change. I will do not so much to my work, but personally they need, it just, we just need smaller streets here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, when I first moved here, I was like doing, you know, Google maps. I was like, I'm like, the street seems so big. I'm confused like, this by this. block I, is yeah. huge. I know. And I was like, and I kept bringing it up and I'm like, I'm surely once I get there, oh, it'll all make sense. I was like, no, no, these are quite large. So I would love, I know like Salt Lake's doing amazing things with public transit and they are working on it, which is great. So I will be thrilled when more is done because, you know, we should be able to cross the street How, and across rock. What would mm-hmm, we do? Mm-hmm. What would we do though to make streets smaller? Not as wide. I mean, I guess put something in the Are we talking the, the width mid- or length? Width. Well, I mean both, honestly. So yeah. there's I mean a, I know blocks are huge. Yeah. That's what I was They're thinking. doing so they're doing a lot of like mid block crossings, um, which is, you know, kind of a band-aid to it because you can't necessarily like make a stop sign or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they're doing so I'm trying to remember. I mean, it's not a walkable city. Yeah. That unfortunately yeah. it's not. Yeah, but I mean, the city is doing some great stuff. So I think it's it's either third or fourth west. I'm forgetting the what's the one that goes by like Target and everything. Uh, uh, oh, that's three hundred west. Three hundred west. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So on three hundred west, I know like there's a huge plan to basically what they're going to do is like the the lane that's for parking right now will uh-huh. come out and there'll be a dedicated protected bike lane okay. and then that and you, you know you can have a boulevard in the middle but they're i mean it is shrinking it and basically bringing out kind of the front yeah like yard area i guess that, of that is the beautiful thing about our city is that they were wide. The streets were wide enough to make awesome bike lanes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. in a lot of cities, the streets were so narrow yeah. and small or one way. You could or, like you squish know, stuff in. That when they put a bike lane in there, I mean, that biker yeah. was, is lucky to not get ran <laughs> yeah. over. Dude, when yeah. we go to like the Midwest or East coast, I'm like, yeah. how do people live on these roads? Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm going to die. So it is a little bit nice to have space. The, that we can use to repurpose. Yeah. I agree. No, there's, it's, I think there's some possibility. I just wish, I don't know what we could do with all the, the, you know, cause a lot of these streets don't need four lanes, these, these roads that are like, so or not do even tra- they with traffic. Well, and I, I, <laughs> I, don't I, I mean, know, I man. guess, you know, all the people moving here, there's, there's a ton of people, especially we over this last them, year. But now yeah. Who knows? I think though, the more of the lanes, the worse the drivers, this is my theory, you know, cause I people think go you might so be right. fast. They you just, you think, oh, there's plenty of room. I can yeah. do whatever I want. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I, I think they're, they're, I am not a city planner, so I will, but okay, I, true, I do think true. they're, I think they're trying over there. True. And it's, no, it's let's going. totally judge them right now. Yeah. I don't even know why. I mean, that's right. You're not, you're, you're you know, you're preserving planners. Utah here. You know, inter- I mean, it, it, it's interesting. Cause I think most people in Utah are constantly like, if I was a city planner, I would do that. And it would be very interesting to see kind of what they're, what, what they're thinking of doing with. What can connect you. What you was your touch. thought on yeah. the, on the grid system when you first came here? Did you oh, yeah. was that tough for you to figure out? Well, yeah, I mean, it was I still struggle with it. My uh coworker always uh, she jokes with me because of like, you know, on on Temple. She's like, "Which one?" I'm like, "Oh, uh <laughs> I'm like the main one, South Temple." <laughs> but uh it's it is useful. I grew I was like did orienteering as a kid and so I'm very map oriented, so to have it so structured, I do appreciate. It makes it quite easy yeah. to maneuver. I just it's harder for me to remember numbers, so I know how to direct myself somewhere, but to remember what the actual road it's on sure. is harder for me. Mm-hmm. I think I need a name instead. In theory, it's a good idea, but the pr- my my only issue with it is the entire state isn't on a grid system. Yeah, because there's streets mm-hmm. that obviously have names on it. One like street the, can like, have four names, like the street we live on. You're in. You know, and it's like yeah. Then it just throws it all off. Yeah, it's true. You know, so you still need to use the you know the Google Maps app or Apple Maps, whatever you use to get around. It's not like you can just. But completely... how's, and it's always like slightly wrong too. Yeah. Like, you yeah. Know? Oh my it, gosh. It, there was an real. extra cardinal direction in there or something. I'm like, what? They like think a road exists that doesn't, <laughs> and you're you're just yeah. lost all the time. It's true. I'm so glad that you came and recorded with us. Yeah. You know, uh, is there anything that you wanted to talk about before we wrap this up that maybe we didn't touch on? I mean, I know we kind of mm. just skimmed the surface with everything. Yeah. Uh, with But is there anything that we didn't, I mean, I know you have some other events on the, on the website that we didn't really talk about those. People can go on your website and check that out. Yeah, I would say definitely follow us on Instagram. Um, okay. Preservation Utah is uh, kind of where we... If you're new to preservation or you're like, yeah, I like old buildings. How can I help? Um, That's definitely where we put any events coming up or any advocacy going on. But yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other thing. I would say the only other thing I would plug is that we also manage um, the historic proper, or excuse me, we manage the um, easement program. So that is... Oh, yeah, yeah. Talk about that for a minute. Yeah. So um, a lot of people, when they hear easement, you might think of like a land easement. So you think of protected prairie lands or, you know, where bison are or something like that. So, but there's also for historic properties, there's easement. So we're the, the main organization in the state that holds these. So we have 126 and basically what an easement does is it, it makes it essentially impossible for a building to be knocked down. So we were talking about protections earlier of, you know, if it's locally listed, that really helps protect it. But an easement is another tool that legally helps protect a space. So we work with the property owners. Um, we don't own the building. We don't manage the building. We just um, ensure that it's like being kept up. So the Fisher Mansion in Salt Lake, um, yeah, yeah. Ooh, so there's beautiful that place yeah. is yeah. so cool. So we have a, an easement on the property. So really? that means yeah that it's um, protected in that like the city couldn't just knock it down. You couldn't ma- do major alterations to it without approval. So it's a it's a nice uh, checks and balance because if you want to do approval on on one of these properties. We just look at it. We make sure it's all all kosher, looking good, and then um, we let them go on their way. So, um, yeah, that's another big tool that's 
maybe not as sexy, um, <laughs> but um, it's really important. And um, yeah, it's something that's kind of behind the scenes. But if if anyone ever has questions about it, yeah, reach out and we'd be happy to, to talk more. Awesome. PreservationUtah.org is your website, mm-hmm. which I'll have that at IamSaltLake.com with this episode notes and whatnot. And you're on Instagram. I mean, I would imagine you're on Facebook too, or yep, people please. can connect there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, LinkedIn, if you're a professional. So, <laughs> And it looks like here too, you have a newsletter. People can sign up for that yeah, too. Just yeah. go to the website, scroll to the bottom, hit your uh, email and all that in there. I mean- is the newsletter pretty cool or what? What's in the newsletter? Well, heck yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> heck yeah, right. I, I help manage that one. But yeah, so I would highly recommend the newsletter if you, I, I mean, I know some people, social media can get toxic sure. and a bit much. Yeah. So the newsletter is a good, we do it once a month. So we try not to spam you. Um, we put like, cool articles that are from the local to international about, you know, heritage and preservation in there. If we have any events going on, um, or if there's anything you should be aware about, we try and send that out once a month. Um, I think it's like the second Wednesday of the month, but highly recommend signing up for that. And if any of our listeners wanted to connect with you, I mean, I guess they would just connect through the website or. Yeah. I mean, email me, Kelsey at preservationutah.org. But all of our, uh, you can find the full staff. We're all up there. So if there's a particular program, it says what we were in charge of. So you can reach out directly to us and yeah, we're happy to connect you and answer your questions. Hopefully. Very cool. Right on. Chrissy has a final question. She asks everybody. So I'm going to let her ask you, Kelsey, thank you so much for coming and recording. It's been awesome. I've been wanting to have you on for a while. So I'm glad I finally got you on. So <laughs> yeah, this has been really yeah. fun to kind of hear about it. Cause like we've both been very passionate about it, but not involved. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like really exciting. Before we let you go, though, right. would you leave our listeners with a piece of life advice or a motto that you live by or you wish they would live by? Um, I think just, you know, moving forward in the world with a little bit more slowness um, that, you know, just stopping to appreciate what we have and and looking, you know, reflecting back on my own work of do we need to to tear that down or do we need to get rid of that? Is that something that, you know, we might like in, in 10 years or in 15 years, but just I think we're so fast in, in how we make decisions and how we move and, you know, interact with the world. So just, you know, take a moment, breathe, think about it, answer that email tomorrow instead of today and, uh, and we'll be okay. The world will not catch on fire. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Remember our website, IamSaltLake.com. Head on over there, listen to some of the back episodes of the podcast. You can share share them with your family and friends on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, however you guys do it these days. And if you're looking to buy or sell a home here in Salt Lake City, I'd love to help you. Shoot me a text, give me a call, 801-244-2908. I'd love to help you find your dream home. Chris Hollifield Realty.com's the website. Head on over there. You all have a great week. Get out and enjoy the city. Support local. And we'll see you next week on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast.